Welcome to another episode of Where in the Folk. I am Reed. Next to me is Big Sexy Cecil, yeah. and we have Mr. Tully up in Northern KY joining us. Welcome. It's been a while since I've been on here. I've been uh, dipping my... Never mind. Um, <laughs> anyway, so what are we talking about today? Well, we're not talking about where in the folk, but when in the folk. Is there a win in the folk? <laughs> Is Tom relevant? Is Tom really a flat circle? Is Tom really a flat circle? Is Tom linear? Is Tom stacked? Is everyone tripped out that we say Tom instead of Toym? Toym? <laughs> Is that a thing? Toym. Like how, like how proper yeah. people say Tom. I thought they all say Tom. Tim. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the proper eyes versus our eyes. Oh, time. Yeah, we draw our eyes out a little time. bit. Time. Oh, it's kind of like oil and oil. Figured out. You know, he'll, well, before we get into this, the hillbilly speech is a lot easier. Like, um, I seen something on the socials the other day, and it was saying proper people say, did you eat yet? And down here, we just say jeet. Hey, yeah. G- <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's A E E T. Come on, skate, skate, skate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it was like a a culture shock whenever you know I came to this area because of how everybody talked. Like when I first moved here, nobody understood anything I was saying. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating whenever you're like, "Hey, man, give me that goddamn beer," and they're like, "What?" Give me a bear, didn't you hear? <laughs> I turn into a fucking pole. I will say, and I, I've, tur- I've turned this into a game. I will have at least four or five people a week ask me where I'm from because of my accent, and I always make them guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, do you, I, what do you think I, the most common guess is? Texas. Really, Texas? I would say... <laughs> So there are people in Texas that sound like us. Um, They're probably from Clay County. (laughs) But but I would say probably the closest, because, you know, Tennessee, not the same. People in Tennessee don't sound the same as us. But I, I have friends in Georgia, in southern Georgia, that sound extremely close and... I think West Virginians do too. Yeah, I, I mean it. It it's across. It's all over the place a lot of times, but well, I would the, say seventy-five percent of the time they guess Texas. Well, the whole deal with our accent period is the Irish. Like Irish, it's just uh, the Irish pronounce like their their dialect is a lot like ours in a lot of ways. And I, I've got a buddy that went that used to be a long haul truck driver, and when he went to California, everybody kept asking him if he's Australian. <laughs> uh, probably yeah. the biggest, one of the biggest bombs that I've ever dropped with our, uh, not not even just dialect, but like our choice of words, I guess. When I went to Walmart one of the first times and asked for a buggy, like. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's your buggies at? 
like brother. for a kid, like a little toddler. <laughs> yeah, like they they were just their mind fucking exploded right there. Well, we just we like to get to the fucking point in in southeastern Kentucky. Shopping. We don't want to say shopping cart. Give me a buggy. Did you get me a shopping cart? We don't want to have to say Jeep. Did you eat today? Jeep. 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 We don't have to say incest. We just say love. <laughs> <laughs> we don't too say far, love. too far. <laughs> say cousin. <laughs> so what are we talking about? Today? Oh, what time are we talking? Time travel. That's what we're talking about. Time. We're talking about traveling through time, going back in time. So if you don't know what time travel is, <laughs> <laughs> time travel is basically where you're in this instance of time. But you travel either backwards or forwards. And the thought of traveling backwards and forwards in times has been human since, you know, people could think, probably. Everybody's probably imagined going back in time and doing something over. And some of the earliest works are like H.G. Wells, H. G. Wells time trap, the time machine, or even uh, old Twain got involved in it with the kinetic Yankee in King Arthur's court. I've got some theories about this. But they're... But there are some instances of real time travelers. Would you be interested in hearing about them? I would. Let's hear it. So the presumption is that time always travels in one direction. That's That's the the presumption. presumption. Yeah. But there's been many great men think that it doesn't. (laughs) Otherwise known as linear, that time is linear versus... Yeah, linear is like when something goes in a straight line. But how can it go in a straight line if we live on a globe? <laughs> okay, Bert, here we go, sense. man. Here we go. Um, so now one of the first claims of anybody that was a true blue time traveler in 1850. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. A man named Jafar Voren was found in Frankfurt on the Oder in Germany. And he was questioned. He spoke a very no, broken... No, the way you pronounce that, it's O-D-O-R. Yeah. And it's in Germany. Yeah. It's Oda. Oda. Frankfurt on the Oder. I yeah. thought you said O-D-E-R. I did. Oh. <laughs> the Oder. Oder. In Germany, it was questioned. He spoke very broken German which made, his, which made his claims way more difficult to understand. He said that he was from a place called Loxaria and spoke the language of the Loxarian. He spoke a language that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> it's uh, Abriman. And he said he he was in search of a long, his long-lost brother. But he got shipped right on the way to his destination. Now, he didn't recognize any of the maps or the globes that were presented to him. He claimed that the world, as he knew it, had five sections. Sakaria, Aslar, Oslar, and Eflar. So, does it say, like, whether he thought it was the same year that that they were saying it was? Well, in in the yearbook of facts in science and art, John Timms reports Warren was taken to Berlin, questioned, and studied. And there's no doubt that he actually existed, but they don't know if he was from a distant future or if he was just crazy. Well, that's what I was. That's why I was saying is like that sounds like a different 
universe. Yeah, because if he came back from the future, he why would he have been in the boat? Um, I don't know. He's probably traveling with the Lonely Island or <laughs> Time Pirates or Time Pirates, I'm or he might like, keep it the Prestige or like, what? <laughs> well, I guess I guess it uh, wouldn't hurt to say that. You know, he was the, the same. He was definitely the, a man. The advancement of society is like a roller coaster, right? So yeah. it goes like this. It doesn't just go straight up because we end up destroying ourselves. So oh, maybe, yeah. maybe he could have been from from the future. Well, there's a chance that he could have been from a distant future, or even possibly a distant past. Because if you think about it. The world's went through at least seven mass extinctions that we know about, and there's quite a there's a good chance that during these mass extinctions there were advanced civilizations. Well, there's architecture around the world now from like a thousand years ago that would be, I mean, it almost looks like it's laser etched. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to this guy, he could have been he could have just been crazy. So did they throw him in prison or what? Or I have no outcome of the story. He probably <laughs> got disappeared. He probably got disappeared. In 1850, that's about the time that, you know, people started. Man in the Iron Mask? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. But that was from the 1600s. You got way too excited over that comment. Wasn't that from the 1600s or was that? That was from the time of the Three Musketeers. Medieval yeah. didn't really happen either. So... I don't know if you guys know that, but the whole section of medieval didn't really exist. What do you mean? Well, when they were creating a calendar, uh, the medieval times. When when this guy was creating a calendar? Yeah. Whenever they were creating a calendar or whatever. You know how the medieval was the 5th to 15th century? It was like a thousand years. Apparently that thousand years never took place. What and people just, do? Well, that's the reason it was the Dark Ages because nothing really came out of it, you know. And a lot of things that supposedly came out of it, like the art and stuff, has been determined to be, you know, a lot younger than what they say. So technically, we're probably in the year one thousand twenty-two right now. That's where'd just, the extra, where'd the extra year go? The extra thousand. Oh, wait, 1,021. I thought we was in 2022 right now. <laughs> Actually, this is to reveal that Cecil is the time traveler. <laughs> but, yeah, medieval didn't exist. Anyway, <laughs> back to our story. Um, so there was uh, another instance in 1901, and this was two professors who's more adequate and believable than two professors. That's who you guys get all your information from. <laughs> I get all my information from you. That's true. Anyway, two professors from St. Hugh's College in Oxford, England. That sounds pretty prestigious to me. Yeah, but it's not Oxford. It's just it's kind of like the, <laughs> like the community com- college of Oxford. It's probably a community college. <laughs> they they taught shop and. We got this new class where you'll come on miles and light up light bulbs. Yeah, These two professors from St. Hugh's College in Oxford 
went to visit the palace of Vercelles. Versailles. Versailles. And Versailles was, of course, the French royal home until the monarchy was abolished in 1792. Marie Antoinette, do you know who she is? You mean Marie Antoinette? Marie. I said Marie. (laughs) (laughs) Marie Marie Antoinette lives on. Revolution mixed up there. Anyway, Marie Antoinette. (laughs) one of the last royals to live there was executed in 1793, you know, off with the infamously, infamously said, let them eat cake. And we did. And look at where we're at now. <laughs> Diabetes. I'm too fat to walk from my garbage can to the end of my driveway. Thank you, Mary Antoinette. <laughs> I've ate my cake. So on the day in 1901, when the professors Anne Morberly and Eleanor Jordan Go with it. were walking the grounds of the palace, it's pretty safe to say they didn't expect to see what they see next. Mary Antoinette in the flesh, son. In the flesh. Just walking, chilling on the stool outside. And a private retreat was built for Antoinette by her husband, Louis the 16th, wasn't it? 16th. Yeah, Louis the 16th. And yet, there was a, there she was sitting and sketching in her book. So apparently they had somehow while they's walking through this little garden, travel back in time to see Mary Antoinette sitting there, you know, head attached. She wasn't a zombie or nothing. Just sitting there. Well, they could have at least gave her a heads up. <laughs> Antoinette and everybody else though, apparently just disappeared when the tour guide approached the two professors. But together, they wrote a book about it, about an amazing adventure and about their experience. And the story gained a lot of notoriety because of how grounded it did actually seem. And they were two highly educated, well-respected women. Um, They wouldn't just make up a story like that, you know. So what was it then? Did they actually travel through time? Who knows? What do you think about this? Would this have been like a slip in time, or would this I'm been like? I'm really surprised that they even let that that idea fly, because of how religious everything was back then. Like, and, I'm uh, surprised they didn't hang for, like, witchcraft or something, like seeing dead people. You know what I mean? What well, was the turn of the century? I don't think they really. I think the witchcraft stuff kind of was faded out by around the turn of the century. 1800. But that was definitely the time of like zealots and stuff. You know what I mean? Like there were holy wars and stuff like that. So now we're saying 1901. Right? 1901, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So you're talking like a few years, like a decade before World War One. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So did we? Hang on. So she, you're you're saying she died in the 16th century, but they didn't see her until all the way to 1900. These two people in 1901 found herself walking through there, and they stumbled across Mary Antoinette. Okay, I, I, com- I completely executed. misunderstood that. I thought you meant like right after she died or something. She was executed around the late or early 1790s. Okay. Well, then, yeah, that's completely different. So that was like 100, 105 some odd years later. Yeah. So would that be like, uh, that would have to be like a slip in time, wouldn't it? Well. That was the gateway into a past moment. 
Yeah. Or they were completely full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'll let you. I'll let you continue on before I start getting into the weeds and the stuff. Alright. So, the next little ditty we have is about a journalist who experienced an air raid that hadn't taken place yet. Really? Yeah. Now, a journalist by the name of J. Bernard Hutton and photographer Jacqueline Brandt were sent by, by a German newspaper to do a story on the Hamburg shipyard in 1932. And apparently it was very uneventful. You know, nothing happened. But then all of a sudden... All at once, bombs just started falling all around them. Hutton and Brandt realized that they were caught in the middle of an air raid. And they hightailed it right on out there. But not before snapping some photographs. When they got back to the center of Hamburg, no one believed their story. They developed the photos that they had taken during this whole fiasco. Intending to prove to everyone that they was not crazy. And in fact, proved the opposite. The photos showed no signs of an air raid. So, naturally, everybody's like, you're insane. Now, th- this is also when they uh, had the story about the Operation Gomorrah and the air raid on Hamburg. And the occupying photos looked exactly what they had experienced in 1932. Well, but I think if you were slipping in and out like that, I don't think that you could bring... I don't think that you could bring... Um, evidence back because it wouldn't exist yet exactly that's the reason the photos were blank yeah that's what i'm saying i don't think that it would be possible so do you think it was like a combination premonition or do you think they actually somehow flash forward in time well both of these ones we've talked about so far kind of like seem like they're a gap in the time continuum like like the code was wrong in the matrix like they inserted that event in the wrong spot exactly in the matrix yeah see this is whenever there wasn't billions of birds flying around controlling everything so you he's know, got matrix. <laughs> i was thinking about this cecil so with birds mm-hmm. why do they why do they die? What do you mean? So, so this is a two-part question. So, hold so, up appearances. Duh. So, <laughs> if they are robotic, not how, ro- do they, how do they have babies? They're not robotic. Well, then what inside of them is passing on that surveillance technology to, to their offspring? They have an extra part in their brain. Like what? It's a little part inside their frontal lobe. Like where ours would be. Except it's actually matter. And it's just implanted in them. But with our offspring, like what's implanting that chip? Like when you see a nest of baby birds, like what's implanted that chip in those birds? I didn't fucking say chip. <laughs> I said chip. Maybe there's some birds that are biological and some that are the drones. No, no. The way it works They're is they drones? have an extra part in their brain. Oh. 
that's basically an organic matter that directs them on what to do, and it's past generation to generation. Do you believe that they recharge on power lines? No, that shit's crazy. <laughs> birds that's been, crazy. Yeah, birds been around before power lines. Something's had to control the matrix up till now. Now this does play into why I think that all this happened and these glitches in the matrix and stuff because there wasn't as many birds at that time period. <laughs> <laughs> to monitor everything. I'm not on board, dude. <laughs> I'm not on board this crazy trade. Uh, I'm just saying. I've got a different. I've got a different crazy train that I'm I'm riding right now. All right, so moving on to the next one. You're this controlling one. the mouse, not me. <laughs> this one is about a provide about a uh, police officer. So in 1996, a police officer and his wife were shopping in Liverpool. His wife went into a bookshop. And while he took off for the CD store, because, you know, CDs were a thing back then, down the street, he walked away from the bookstore and noticed everything suddenly got quiet. Like, Then a van that looked like it was from the 1950s honked and swerved around him. Somehow he ended up standing right in the middle of the fucking street. (laughs) (laughs) And the stranger thing than that was everybody around him dressed in my 1950s style clothing. Confused, he tried to make his way back to the bookstore, but it wasn't there. Where did it go? Where did it go? And his place was a women's clothing shop where he hastily went in and bought himself some pantyhose. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's just a little bonus to the story. What? <laughs> I think he elaborated on that part. So after he went to the clothing shop, so this <laughs> he went to the clothing shop, and after he bought the pantyhose, as soon as he did, it was a bookstore again. <laughs> and he was like an idiot sitting in there with pantyhose. Yeah. And he was back in 1996, but couldn't figure out what happened to him until he learned that a Crips, which was a woman's clothing store, did actually exist in that exact location in 1950. He got shifted through time. He got shifted through time. Do you think he hit 88 miles per hour? <laughs> How many gigawatts was it? 1.21. 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> the, the pantyhose thing is really confusing me. Like, you, you walk out in 1950 and you're like, you know what? I'm going to buy the missus some pants. <laughs> you know I'm, what? Huh? If that were to happen to me, to where, like, it's just a moment where I flash back, I would give someone, like, some crazy information. Buy a Bitcoin at $2 a project. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Or even, like, uh... <laughs> Even like, if you ever hear the name IBM, invest all of your money into this company. And remember the name Cecil Fletcher. <laughs> He'll be a beautiful baby blonde-haired boy in about 1986. 
Lieutenant <laughs> Dan bought us some stock in something that was like an Apple company. I wouldn't, company. I wouldn't give any like uh, life-saving information because I'm afraid it would be what's that show on Hulu? Eleven something sixty-three. Oh yeah, the this is the same day candy got shot what was that yeah i would be i would i would come back and i would be in an apocalyptic situation because i told somebody to like a save somebody yeah yeah that's an awesome show ain't it spoiler alert coming to you at the end of that he saves kennedy but where he saved candy when he came back to the future nuclear war had happened because he saved candy dun 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 that's kind of like the premise to that uh, other show. Oh, God, what's it called? Well, but if you think about it, it goes back to, like, you know, one of the conspiracies about that whole deal is, you know, that could have all went south real quick with with him. So it's kind of like one of those deals where they're telling you what it is without telling you what it is. True. Now this next story that I'm going to get into This is one of the more popular ones You've probably heard of this The man from Tarad Have you you guys heard about this one? No So this is very similar to the very first one we told Yeah I I thought that's the one that I'd heard before In 1954 A man trying to get through customs at Haneda Airport in Tokyo, Japan Had a bit of trouble with the custom agents and it wasn't because he was he forgot to declare something on his custom form, but because he claimed to be from a country that did not exist. So it's very similar, like it's the exact same story from the first one, but this actually happened too. There's actual accounts to this. And he had a what, passport. What what year? Nineteen fifty four. Okay. So so maybe we'll find out what happened to this guy. Well, this is a strange thing. He had a passport, it had stamps all over it. His, ha- his passport was from a country named Tarad. I might be mispronouncing. It's kind of like Taurus, but with an id at the end. Torrid. Torrid, I bet is what it is, right? T-A-U-R. I would say Torrid. Yeah. So, Torrid, very nice, which is, I've been mispronouncing, so live with that. But which he claimed to be, he claimed that was somewhere between Spain and France. And when custom officials pulled out a map and asked him if he met Andorra, he became very angry, pissed off, flipped the table, said, fuck you. And he said that, yes, the location was right, but Torrid had existed for at least 1,000 years, and he had never heard of Andorra. So to straighten all this out, they gave him a hotel room, you know, for the night. They posted up police outside trying to figure out what was happening. And even though they were armed guards outside of the hotel room, he vanished the next morning, just completely gone. His his passport, which was actually stored in the security office at the airport, gone. And they never really figured out the mystery of the man from Torrid. Well, <clears throat> that sounds like a black ops operation to me. You know, I think if I think if you came with a legal document and you had an impossible story, but it somehow added up. You're getting got by somebody. 
And the thing is, he was dressed to the nines like he was a businessman. He was, you know, he was on a business trip. And he just wasn't from this plane, essentially. Hmm. See, now, I don't... This like is I know, thing about, was it interdimensional travel? Or was it somebody from back in the past? Or from way in the future? I just wonder what... Like the dude who went to the 50s, how did they get back so quick? I guess it's a slip. Um, just a slip in time, man. Like, I guess, you know, before these birds started patrolling everything and correcting all these glitches, it's like, you know, like like Reed said, is a you get, you get an instant replay, like a, you spawned in a different part of the map, basically. <laughs> They had to rewrite the code. No, that's not supposed to go there. Yeah, like, oh, move, man. Move that. That needs to go. I bet whoever used to control the Matrix from, like, a thousand years ago until, like, the 2000s was always stoned. He's like, oh, man, I messed up. <laughs> so do you think Nostradamus controlled the Matrix, Matrix at one point in time? I think he was uh, full of shit. <laughs> No. So, so do you think that he just kind of like? He got some things right, but I mean, if you sat all day and all you had to do was think about things and write down random little things, in a thousand years, if you wrote twenty thousand pages of shit, some of it's going to happen. Some of it's going to happen. <laughs> have, have you ever heard of? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna butcher this name. It's. Grabovoy code? No. I probably heard of it, but you probably destroyed the pronunciation, which I'm not hating because I can't pronounce it either. <laughs> so it's a it's a Russian guy who's still alive today, and he teaches people how to basically um enter programming mode. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, I have heard about that, actually. And the, so he has sequences of numbers for all of these things. Literally every illness that you can think of, there's a sequence of numbers where if you perform this certain meditation to connect with the, uh, not the programmer, but like, <clears throat> I guess the developer, yeah. uh, he's performed the miracles and there's crazy stories. So this guy went to prison because in this village, two children had passed away. And my understanding of the story when I was reading through it was he had a code to make people rise from the dead, but it was more like a pet cemetery situation and they put him in prison for it. They didn't come back the same. He won't go down that road right now. <laughs> you don't want to go down that road there. <laughs> they don't come back the same. <laughs> I love Tournament Monsters version of that. The first one was definitely <laughs> ten times better than the remake. I like the remake, though, because there wasn't a happy ending. I I like the remake too. Yeah. I mean, not like in love with it, but I did like. They're not, it. They're not even in the 
you just can't like that. That's not apples to apples. You know what I mean? No, like that's book. like comparing the first it to the second it. Like they're both good. Yeah. But point taken. I love the fact that the Creed family all were dead at the end. Spoiler alert again. Um, for the supposed to say one. spoiler alert before you spoil it. If, the way I feel about spoiler alerts, if it's been out for six months and you ain't watched it, tough shit. <laughs> I'm telling you what happened. Six, six months? Ugh. It yeah. took me like 20 years to watch Six Sense, and that movie was ruined by the Lonely Alum. <laughs> Bruce Willis was dead at the end of Six Sense. <laughs> I just in my pants. <laughs> I'm on a fucking boat. <laughs> but this ain't SeaWorld, Reed. This is as real as it gets. On to the next story. Two men from 1969 drive straight into the 1940s. So in 1969, the year that the CIA put a permanent end to the peace and love hippie movement with uh, Manson murders, two men were having lunch in the southwestern Louisiana town. Afterward, they got in their car. What kind of car do you think it was? I would say they was probably driving something into the effect of a Louisiana swamp boy. Sweet. I'm going to go with that. And they headed back to work along U.S. Route 167, a highway that spans much of the state. In the distance, they saw an older car. As they got closer to it, they realized that it was moving pretty slow, and they could see the year 1940 printed on the license plate. The two men pulled up alongside the car and peered in to see if everything was okay. And they were greeted by a, a vision of a Walmart drawn in full 1940s garb and a small child, both of whom looked very confused and even they even looked frightened. They gestured to the woman in the car. <laughs> said Walmart. That's a hillbilly thing. They gestured to the woman, <laughs> um, indicating that she would that she should pull over and they would help her. As she began to pull onto the side of the road, the two men stopped a few yards in front of her. When they turned around to make sure she had parked safely, the whole car had vanished into thin air. Now, this one right here, I've got three trains of thought on this one. Ghost, time slip, excuse for being late to work. <laughs> I've got a I've got a fourth one. A lot of moonshine. A lot of moonshine. It could be. Oh, yeah. Did they have did they have car shows in the sixties? I'm sure they did. Yeah, but they said the woman's dressed to, you know, suit. Well, what if they were what if they saw somebody leaving a car show and they were hammered and didn't want to go to work and they Pulled over to pass out. Could have. That's more than likely what happened. <laughs> now this one is a little bit more modern. You know. A little bit more up in times. And this goes pretty deep. But I've just got a short story about it. This happened in the sweet year of 2000. A new millennium. Millennium. Is John Titter, if you've never heard of him. I'm sure you have. T-I-T-O-R. Yeah, Titter. I don't know who that is. Well, anyway, in November 2000, 
a man the tra- the time travel institute form saw a spike in the unusual activity nestled among the unusual conspiracy theories and far-fetched ufo sightings or a string of posts from a man who called himself john titter he claimed to be from the year 2036 saying the government sent him back to 1975 to retrieve an ibm computer it was the um, I forget which one it was. Is the IBM 3500, I think. It could be wrong. Which they needed in order to debug some of the computer programs they had there. And he hopped off his time machine in 2000 for personal reasons. And since he was already here, he decided to warn everybody about how crappy the future was going to get. Uh, he claimed that civil unrest would begin in the United States in 2004. And it would be a full-blown civil war by 2012. By 2015, he said, a quick World War III would have come and gone. And, of course, none of these things have happened, as we are in the year 1022. (laughs) Going back to our previous conversation. And um, so you're probably wondering, why did people believe him? It's because his post about time travel is so detailed. The description of his mechanics and his machine so thorough that it seemed almost impossible that he wasn't telling the truth. So apparently he just had so much detail about everything that people was like, oh, this guy's for real. Now, they this isn't in this article, but they did research that computer that he went back to get. The IBM, I forget which one it was, but apparently you can use that computer to debug even like the most sophisticated computers. Well, it's like I was saying, you you can't divulge too much information or it all changes. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, if that, if that is real, then who knows what kind of hellscape he went back to. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's 2036. It's 14 years away. But he also missed all those predictions, too. Yeah. But the thing about your time travel, you know, if you divulge the past. Well, 2004 is when we launched against Iraq, isn't it? Like, that was like full-blown like missiles every day. All right. But, yeah, I mean, it could be. But, you know, it's one of those things where we, where he revealed what was going to happen. Did it change? Well, that's, what, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> One of the funniest ones I've seen, which is a whole YouTube series. <sighs> People give it, say it's this, like they they discredit it because they say he's wearing a rubber mask in it and stuff. Which, if what he said is true, I would probably wear a rubber mask too. You know, for identity reasons. I think I've seen this when you're getting ready to talk yeah. about Gerald Gardner. Have you ever heard of him? No. So he was a government employee for the English government. And there was one time that they came up to him and they was like, hey, man, we'll give you, can't remember the exact number, but it was a million plus pounds if he agreed to be part of this experiment. And in this experiment, they put him in a, I think they put him in a machine, I'm pretty sure. I didn't, I just, I'm just going off top with this one because I'm gangster. Paraphrasing. Uh, paraphrasing. <laughs> But they put him in this time machine, and when he woke up, he was in the year 2300. And he said that he lived in the year 2300 for three years. 
But he always kept referring to the year as 2300. Why didn't he go to 2301, 2302, you know, whatever. But he said in this time, there was no government. There was no wars. Everything was ran by computers, by this one big mega computer. Which, you know, with the technology the way it is with them quantum computers that we have now in another 200 years, I mean, who's to say? Well, that makes a lot of sense because I think technology will eventually get to, like, they found a lot of similarities between quantum computers and our brains. Mm -hmm. So if they ever got to the point where the two could interface That'd be like, uh, what's the word? Singularity? It'd be the world. It'd be the only like Donkey Kong. <laughs> but anyway, so there was no governments, no wars. This computer ran everything. He said that food was so abundant, like, because in this futuristic world, they have what they have finally def- defied gravity, essentially, or gravity, as some people like to refer to it. <laughs> And in this gravity, they have cities that float, like huge cities that float in there. But they also have the ground level cities as well. And apparently, on the ground level cities, they just make they grow all the crops, they do all the grunt work down there. And then where the higher ups are, the high they're all in these floating cities, and they just shoot food right up to the top. And the whole world is controlled by this computer but you don't have to live in these cities you can go out and live free do whatever you want and the way that they convict their criminals and things of that nature the they go in front of computers and computers will send them to work camps basically on the ground for a certain amount of time and then let them come back into society now this is one thing that tripped me out if they cannot conform to society as it is they upload the brain into a computer so what do you think about this guy right here that we just talked about think he's full shit because i mean in his videos he is wearing a mask for sure like does he say that he used a machine to get there i think so i can't remember the exact details of that but i'm pretty sure he did use a machine so i think that if there's an ability to to slip through time. I think that that's existed, you know, just like these stories. It's existed for hundreds or thousands of years, and I think it's organic. I don't think it's uh, machines. Well, when it comes to something like that being organic, do you think there's any, do you think there's every way to wrangle it basically and turn it to where a machine can do it for you maybe but well, a lot of things that have been organic mm-hmm. that they've modified like i mean they can grow freaking plants on top of water in styrofoam you know what i'm saying yeah just, I, no i get i get what you're saying i i guess like my rudimentary my, version of you know what you're saying but like my Dave's crazy conspiracy theory this week <laughs> is so there was these two guys, they were in the uh, special forces and they decided they wanted to go get drunk at Stonehenge. Sweet. And they're there in the middle of the night. They're having beers. And all of a sudden 
they see a flash a lot in the sky. They were there for less than two hours. They go to leave and immediately get arrested after they walk out of the circle because they had been gone three days with no report back to base. Huh. So So, I'm thinking there's certain elements just like that. What's that gate in uh, Florida, Cecil? Like they found, like it's an unbelievable amount of weight that was sitting on a an unknown. It used to be called uh, the Stone Gate, but they changed the name. It's in Gainesville. The Taint of Florida? Is that what we? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but apparently, this thing, like you can just push it, and this thing weighs tons, and you can just tap it and push it. And before they redid it, it was sitting on a a pie-shaped stone of unknown origin, and it it gave this stone the ability to do that. So I'm thinking it's like an elements thing, and mixed with, uh, what do you call them, trade lines? Ley lines. Ley lines, like the, the magnetics of the world. It's a magnetic compound combo. I have completely lost that place. I looked at it all day today, but it is right down there in Taina, Florida. And if you ever get a chance, go out there and check it out. It's crazy. Um, that was neat because they said that, that when they, they had to get all these people to come out there with like cranes and shit to pick up the door. And it was just a little disc. of They didn't know what kind of material it was. No mm-hmm. idea where it came from. I've been there before. Was, was it like a, a rock? Yeah, it was a rock. They said it wasn't a meteor. They said they didn't know what it was. But, but they couldn't determine what yeah. it was made out of. Yeah. And the stranger thing about that is, is the fact it took two cranes to lift that fucking door. And this guy did it all by himself. That's the strange thing about mm. it. Yeah. Like, I think that's a story of potential time travel. Maybe. Like he went back to uh, Egyptian times and learned how they defy gravity with the pyramids, you think? Well, yeah, and not even just Egyptian times, but even as recently as the year 1100, there's there's a structure in India that is so precise that our laser technology today can't replicate the kind of intricacies it's the Coral Castle, is what it's called. Yeah. It's pretty cool, man. I remember going there as a little kid, like, vividly. Um, not real, like, I, I remember it, but it was, like, a long time ago. It was pretty cool, and I think that my dad might have been the one that broke that fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this uh, Coral Castle, if you ever have the chance to go on down there, check her out. They got a gate around the door now. I don't think you're allowed to actually touch it or anything. Um, Florida, you know, has gotten pretty soft. When I was, uh, a, <laughs> when I was a kid living there, looks, when, looks just <laughs> hard as it always have from the map. <laughs> when I was living down there in Florida, and we go to Gatorland, they had a swinging bridge, and they didn't have nothing. It was nothing but a rope and some wood. 
and my dad would get on there and start swinging it back and forth over top of the gator pit. Now it's like a metal bridge or some shit with like big raptors. People need to quit being soft. <laughs> I would say some idiot broke it down and uh, got at nah. or chomped up a little bit. Nah. There's nothing funner than when your dad's swinging a rickety swinging bridge over a pit full of gators jumping up at you. <laughs> good times, good times. That's when you learn if you're going to be a survivor or not. Me, I am not. I cried like a little little child. We cried. I was a child. I was three. <laughs> Daddy, stop it. Daddy, stop. <laughs> and dad's just laughing, drinking his beer. A good time. <laughs> Fond memories. <laughs> Fond memories. I love that guy. <laughs> dad putting my life in danger. <laughs> he wouldn't have let me fall, I don't think. All right. So we're going to end this episode with the king mac daddy of them all nikola tesla and way before he made electric cars he was a scientist (laughs) and he was obsessed with time travel like it's known that that was his goal like and if you don't know who nikola tesla was he um he created a lot of things that would we'd be living a lot different if they let them come out (laughs) <laughs> well we'd be living a lot different if any of those 80 or so patents were allowed to be released yeah and so the way that he thought about it was he i can't like it's so technical but it's not technical at the same time he he claimed that he did work on a time machine and report and he apparently succeeded to where he could see the past present and future at the same time and he said the way that he did this was something to do with gravitational pulls, like reversing gravitational pulls against each other. And Nikola Tesla, he didn't, I don't think, you know, people say what they say about him, but I don't think he was full of shit. I think that he actually, if he said he did something, he probably did it. Well, there's a reason that all of his stuff was seized. Yeah. And, you know, that's funny too, because Donald Trump, was in uh there's a book about a don trump from the 1800s and who seized all of nikola tesla stuff his Donald trump's uncle uncle (laughs) (laughs) so that's strange too um but but another thing people don't really think about when you think about the philadelphia experiment nikola tesla was involved in that that was one of the last things he did with albert einstein and he bowed out because they refused to um, get these bracelets that would keep people from fusing to the damn ship. And what happened in the Philadelphia experiment? They they fused to the ships. Or so through he, the doors and everything, apparently. When I read about that, he said that they were too cheap to buy the bracelets. And I, was, I thought, I was like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> like, let's just throw these sailors on there. You know, you got to buy these bracelets and or else they're going to fuse to a ship. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> we'll chance it. We got more. <laughs> but he, he apparently bowed out. So more than likely, they think that he developed this technology to time travel. And they used it on the Philadelphia experiment where they everybody fused to the ships. 
and it was all with gravity and everything. So when it comes to the Philadelphia experiment, though, do you think that was time travel or do you think that was teleportation? I thought it was supposed to be like an advanced camouflage almost. Well, they started off where at Norfolk, then they were seen in Philadelphia, and then they were seen off the coast of New York, and then back at Norfolk, wasn't it? It's been a while since I've looked into that. So they were seen at different locations. They're probably probably slipping then. Yeah. I always thought of it more as a teleportation, but it came up in this whole thing while I was re- looking through all these different time travel stories. So it could have been that too. So <laughs> I'm thinking that. So there's the. You guys know about the Dorito that the Air Force has, right? No. So the, the, there's a an anti-gravity Dorito that the Air Force has had since the 70s. And I'm thinking that that kind of technology probably evolved from that. Because you were talking about Tesla doing like gravity experiments, like like posting gravity against itself. Yeah. And there's a patent... And I don't have it like readily available, but there is a patent filed by the Navy for this technology. And it literally lays out basically anti-gravity technology in the patent. And it was approved. It was originally denied because they didn't believe it. Yeah. And then like four years later, it was approved after they contested the, the denial. So that's part of all the UAP stuff and everything, probably. Oh, for sure. Because it's shaped like a Dorito. Well, the the community calls it a Dorito because it's shaped like a Dorito. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Man, that thing looks like a Dorito. Then, <laughs> so, so there's actual technology, and then there's the holographic technology that looks just as real. It really could be, yeah. I mean, the holographic technology, I think, is the one that's most scary. Like, because most scary. I think it's a scarier option. Well, I think and, I see you guys the video. Did yeah. you see how many satellites are in the sky right now? Yeah. We basically have a man-made ring around us now. So. Net. Yeah. Like that's that's then I have to use com- my bat. <laughs> commonly known information is they've been working on holographic technology since the fifties. And I mean just some of the glitches that you can see with some of the the videos and Oh man, that ain't glitches, those are just camera angles. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't mean glitches as in, like, a a Matrix glitch. I mean, like... That's just a flare off the lens, man. Like a... (laughs) Like a holographic glitch. Like a bird flew in front of it. Yeah. Exactly. A bird. (laughs) Flew in front of it. Controlled by... Venarians. (laughs) All right. So we're going to end it. Um, but we're going to end it with this. What? I guess we'll start with you, Tucky. (laughs) 
What do you think time travel is? In your deepest of hearts. In your smallest of hearts. I think that there is something a lot more visceral about this world than we're raised to believe. And I think that there are, are natural ways to do it. And like Dave said, just as there's natural ways to grow plants, there are ways to streamline it. And I think that we've probably already figured that out. And yeah. So, but I think a lot of the accounts that we've talked about are people in these natural zones where the stuff can occur and they're walking through the rot spot at the rot time and it just happens for a second. Nice. Reed? Well, <clears throat> going back to what we were talking about, it being, I guess, organic or natural, we've been trained through movie and media to think you have to have a machine to team to try time right. travel. Right. I mean, I, I'm kind of with Tully on this, that it, it, it probably is, if it can happen, it's probably something organic, but a machine or streamlining it, streamlining it could make it easier to do so. And I don't think they've, it's been quite discovered yet. And like with these instances, I think it's just like he said, right place, right time, right conditions. It organically happens, but there's no way to explain it because we're not, we've not got that far in the research of it yet. And I think if we have, it's 100% hidden from us on For what sure. we do not know. I think that's the lizard people. That live below the Earth's crust. <laughs> no, no, I would, I would lean toward that as well. Um, it could, some of it could have been alternate, alternate dimensions, like the guy from Torah and um, the first guy we talked about, Jafar from Aladdin. Um, they could have been alternate dimensions, you know. It's completely possible where they could have came from a faraway future or a faraway past. The only thing that leads me to think they would have been alternate dimensions or because they wasn't dressed really different. But would they be dressed different, you know? Maybe. I think alternate I, dimensions would just have subtleties that were different, like names of places. Like names of places, yeah. yeah. Instead of Dunkin's Donuts, it'd be like Jeff's Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Google, it's Lugal. Yeah. <laughs> like, watch, y'all ain't been Googling nothing. Google that shit. <laughs> Google be suppressing the hell out of everything. <laughs> Check it out on Blizzat. You can probably find something on Blizzat. <laughs> Man, check it out on Fox Fox Wool. <laughs> but, um, I believe it was natural for a long time, but I've fully believe that if it was natural the government has figured out a way to harm, harness it they're trying to use not even the government to do so not even somehow. the government the secret force that runs the, everything. the, the world powers the world powers have figured out a way to harness this 
And if they figure out a way to harness it, I feel as though they are using it readily and going back and changing things to their perspective to make them better. Next time, uh, we'll have Jean-Claude Van Damme on. Uh, we'll talk to his experiences about Time Cop. Oh, yeah. Time <laughs> Cop. That, I, that's one story that I believe with all my heart. <laughs> because there's nothing better than a Jean-Claude Van Damme with a mullet going in time. <laughs> yeah. And going back and robbing a Confederate gold train with Uzis. Yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Let's end on that. What would you do if you could time travel? Um, God, the implications are so unreal. They really are, but uh, well, mine's selfish. So. You know, honestly, I think that I would stay. I wouldn't come back. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I would go back all the way. Not like to the very beginning, but to a place where, like, for instance, like when they built the pyramids and all of these structures, I would go back and see what civilization was like then and kind of, you know, test the climate and see what was going on. And if it was cool, I'd stay. If I uh, see, I'm the kind that if let's say time travel, you could it happened in a bubble and us traveling did not have any repercussions, did not change anything. I would want to visit certain historical events and watch them play out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Just be a casual observer. There is one guy that said he was a casual observer. I forget his name, but apparently he was pictured. Um, he was part of the MK Ultra whole thing, but they apparently had uh, time travel too. And during the Gettysburg Address, there's a little boy, and one of the only pictures known of it, that's wearing these oversized shoes, and he claims to be that little boy. Well, we could go back and, and see uh, who sought the Titanic on purpose. Yeah, exactly. I can tell you it's uh, nine billionaires that got off. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm most curious about is, like, did they pay somebody to hit an iceberg? Or was it, like, a prototype submarine or something? Do you not know about those? Oh, so, yeah, I know. I know about it. Uh, the, t- the, the Titanic that went down wasn't the Titanic. It was the Olympic or whatever. And what had happened was when they were pushing it off into the water, they scraped a huge gash down the side of it. They did not have insurance on it. So they rebranded it as the Titanic. And that's what actually sank. Hashtag. Gash tag. Yep. (laughs) That was horrible. (laughs) I would go back to January 1st. Of 1848. What happened on that time? In in, uh, in California. Right before they found gold. <laughs> that led to the 49 rush. The 49 rush. Gold rush. And I would mine that gold myself. And then I would go back to the 1700s. And I'd live out my life. Rich. <laughs> I don't know, dude. 
<laughs> Rich with snow running water and toilets. Right. There's certain amenities that I like about this time. It, it would take a lot. Like, the reason I said about the pyramids and stuff, I think that there was a lot more to the civilization. I, I think that civilization probably destroyed itself. Probably right. the trajectory that we're headed, oh, to yeah. be honest. One thing I would love to see, if we could time travel, is go back to the Coliseum and watch oh, that would be a dope. real gladiator fight. Just sitting in the stands. Now, the thing about it is, that if, would you be could, badass. if you could time travel, you would have to dress in that garb before you got there and not talk to nobody. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, like I said, in a bubble. I'd show up wearing this Thanos shirt. <laughs> Where's the Tigers killing folk at around here? <laughs> you wouldn't be able to talk to anybody. Is there a good bird joint somewhere, man? <laughs> like, what do you guys eat around here, man? Fucking vegetables? Ooh. <laughs> what if the gladiators are time travelers that couldn't express themselves to the Romans? I could be, uh, and I'd be finding myself in a match, I guess. <laughs> like, man, you guys ain't got no guns. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't cool, man. You know they used to flood that Coliseum and have yeah. ship battles on that? Mock naval battles in it. That's crazy. That's something weird, too. Like, we couldn't do that now with a stadium. Like, it costs billions of dollars to build something like that now. True. Yeah. Uh, who gives a fuck about naval battles now? <laughs> I'd love to go to a good naval battle if it was in a call. <laughs> That'd be fun. Shit. Get struck. <laughs> the person sitting next to me get hit by a cannonball. Well, <laughs> that's why we've got. I mean, basically, the UFC is the same concept. Yeah. Except they ain't fighting on water. Oh, dude. Million dollar idea. UFC, but in an above ground pool. What? <laughs> <laughs> what Tully said. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> million dollar idea. Man loses fortune over <laughs> above ground fighting scene. Oh, That'd be fun. Get them and they'll just be fighting through the water trying to get to each other. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> All right, so I'd I'd uh, I'd go back to the 1848 then, since that wouldn't make sense. Take all the gold, plant it outside in my front yard, and then come back here and just dig it up. Like I struck gold right here in London, Kentucky. I sure shit wouldn't tell nobody where I found it. <laughs> I dig it all up. I'd be like, hey man, there might be more. I'll sell you this piece of property for. Four million dollars. <laughs> that is that is a good idea. That ain't a bad idea. <laughs> so I mean, come on. But anyway, thank you for tuning in. And if you want to find us on our audio only platforms, hopefully you're listening on audio only. We're on Spotify which is pretty popular amongst the youngins. And uh, you can find us at other locations at anchor.fm slash wearing the folk. I'm not, I don't even know all the platforms we're on. We're on several. What's Spotify? Uh, Spotify. <laughs> yeah. If you can go to anchor 
and search where in the folk it'll give you all of the options to listen to us and, and we're option and um but you can watch us on youtube for the time being um just go to youtube.com slash where in the folk follow us on twitter at where in the folk and if you have any folking questions or if you want to be a member of our fucking cast here oh wait <laughs> yeah, it didn't come out right. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be a member of this Falcon cast and be a guest at one time, just uh, reach out to us through email or on the Twitter. If you email us, it's at bipolar underscore teddy bear at outlook.com. I'm on the Twitter. On the Twitter. We're all on the Twitters. But thank you for watching us because we're watching you. See ya. Man. We'll, we'll see ya.